again, it's so great to have you in the service today. I want to say a couple of things just before I get into my message. And um, number one is, doesn't it look beautiful in here? That, let's, oh, you can clap. Oh, man, I just think... And I want to give credit where credit Pastor Andrew has done a great job pulling it all together, and, he's, and he enlisted, uh, uh, I was going to say some warriors, but that's maybe not the way to describe it, enlisted a team to help him out to decorate throughout the building. And uh, even after the service today, uh, even, I think, Pastor Andrew, even before, at the end of this service, we've got some old photos of some of your Christmases gone by, and uh, we want to put on the screen. So... Even if you, I don't know, if you even have an extra five minutes that you can hang around, I don't know, your life is so busy, I know, but um, if you can hang around for an extra five minutes after I'm done speaking, uh, and I'll try and keep it brief, but we got some great photos. I think you should see those, and uh, so I just encourage you to do that. But So I want to say thanks to uh, Pastor Andrew and the team for pulling us together. It looks absolutely beautiful, and those that are watching from home, uh, you're missing it. I don't know how to put it. You're missing it. And so, uh, so maybe uh, when you see in person, you'll get the chance to see how beautiful it is in here. The other thing I wanted to say, what was the other thing I wanted to say? Oh, yes. So after the service today, there is a, a, a special treat. And uh, during Advent season, uh, we're doing uh, special COVID treats uh, that you can have. And, uh, and so everything is following protocols the way things need to be. Uh, and uh, so we just encourage you following the service, stick around. Even after the five minutes of photos, we even have some more treats for you. And down at the other end of the building here is uh, a lounge set up so that you can take your coffee, your treat in there, and you can sit down in groups of four, and uh, you can socially distance, you can take your mask off to, to sip your drink, and as long as you're seated, you can keep your mask on, uh, off. Um, but if you stand up, you got to put it back on. So... We're doing everything we can to keep moving forward, right? Yes. And uh, I know some, some places have decided maybe just kind of hit the time out button during this time, but uh, that's, not in our, that's not in our DNA to do that here at Spotlight. Uh, we're going to try and keep moving forward, even if it's a little bit at a time. We want to gain some ground. Well, I love the theme that we have this year called Rediscover Christmas, and um, Wow. What a great theme for this year. I can't think of a better theme for this year uh, about rediscovering Christmas and and, uh, because there's never been a year that's been filled with more uncertainty. And uh, so, and today I want to share with you a message about how to find hope. And that's this uh, nice first word right here, how to find hope in the midst of all of our uncertainties. And um, this year has been filled with the pandemic, needless to say, but we've also experienced because of that some economic issues and recession. We've ex- uh, people have gone through unemployment like never before. There seems to be, along with that, all kinds of people being caught up politically and being divided over different issues and different things. There seems to be racial issues that happen, especially south of the border, that has leaked up in here into Canada, and uh, the, the issues just seem to keep coming. And I think, man, I'll be so glad when 2020 is over and, uh, and we can hit the reset button and start into 2021 and praying that better days are ahead. But it's been a tough year. And if there's ever been a year that we need to rediscover Christmas, this is it. This is it. And so if you have your notes this morning that I've sent out, you can, 
You can pull those out at this time. And those listening online, if you go under the notes tab, you can pull up your notes there for our message today. And so we just encourage you to do that and to follow along. As we enter this season called Advent, I want to remind you that this is a season of hope. A season of hope. Advent is all about having hope. As a matter of fact, the word Advent means coming or arrival. And it's a season where we traditionally have this expectation, this sense of waiting, this sense of anticipation and longing for what's about to happen. And of course, we know that related to that first Christmas, everyone was waiting for the Messiah one day to come. And so Advent is that season that is not just an... uh, Some people say, well, Advent's kind of an extension to Christmas. Christmas is the big show, but Advent is just kind of a little thing that's an extension to it, and it's not really much. That's not true. Advent in and of itself is a very meaningful time. It's a season that links the past the present today, and also the future, when Jesus is coming again. It links us to that first Christmas that happened a long time ago. It brings us into the presence where God is Emmanuel, God is with us. And then also it reminds us that he is coming again. And so during this Advent season, as we talk about hope, man, oh man, as people who profess to be believers, if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we have a hope that is unlike anything else. And during this Advent season, it's a great time for us to link all that together. Advent offers us the opportunity to share in that longing of the coming Messiah. Back before Jesus came, for many centuries, for many years, people were longing for the Messiah to come. When is he going to come? And down through the ages, people gave up looking for him, but some never gave up. Some remained determined that one day their Messiah was going to come. And today, as we look in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 38, we're going to discover two such people who never gave up. They always kept hope in their life for the Messiah that would one day come. And that was Simeon, who was a devout, uh, God-fearing person. He had tremendous faith in God, and he never gave up. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the, the difficulties were in the Roman Empire at the time, Simeon never gave up. And having hope. And then the other person is the prophet Anna. Anna was a great woman of God. She was someone as well who had tremendous faith and she knew about all the prophecies of the Messiah and that he would come. And so Anna was someone who never gave up. So we're going to look at both of these characters today because I want us to learn from them that we can have hope today. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of everything this world throws at us, we can rediscover what Christmas is all about, rediscover hope in our lives, even in the midst of our uncertainties. And so today we have an incredible opportunity to join in with those who are longing for the Messiah to come. We have an opportunity to celebrate the birth that did happen And we have an opportunity to once again to be reminded that the story is not over yet. Jesus is coming again. And we have a hope that transcends anything that goes on in this world today. And so this opportunity that Advent gives us is a time for us to celebrate what Jesus did. It's time for us to look hopefully to the future instead of being morbid and maybe discouraged and depressed about our current circumstances. 
is once again to remind us that God came once, he said he's coming again, and that's going to happen. And so Advent is a time for us to set aside all of our battles and our struggles, all the things that discourage us and, and pull us down. Maybe you're wondering about what life is going to look like tomorrow. What is 2021 going to look like? But you know what? We have an opportunity to set all that aside during this Advent season. It's a time to prepare our hearts. It's a time for us to place our focus on something far greater than ourselves. It's a time for us to place our focus on the story of God's redeeming love for this world. For you. Yes, for you. And for me. This is not a, a time of the year for us to pretend that we're happy. I can't believe I'm saying that. But I don't want you pretending that you're happy. I don't want you to be covering up the pain or the hardships that you're going through. Maybe that you've experienced this past year or, or maybe you're still experiencing today. I don't want you to cover that up. But I do want you to discover or rediscover the one that can help you through all of that. During this Advent season, I believe this is a season that is meant for digging into the reality of what it means when God sent his son. Digging into the reality of Emmanuel. God is with us. So in the midst of your pain, my pain, in the midst of the challenges that we're facing, I don't want you to fake it. I don't want you to pretend. But I want us together to discover a God who truly is with us. Right now, today, as he was yesterday during uh, Simeon and Anna, he's with us today, and he will be tomorrow. We need to dig deeper into what that means. And so as we lift up this theme of rediscovering Christmas, it's a, it's an, it's an, a great opportunity for us to dig deeper into the reality of what it means to have Emmanuel, God, with us. It's a season that we should take advantage of, a season of expectation and preparation. It's an opportunity for us to align ourselves with the presence of God instead of just presence under a tree. Come on. It's a great opportunity for us to do that during this Advent season. So today, wherever you are on the anxiety level of 2020, wherever you are with all of the uncertainties that sometimes swirl around us, today as your pastor, I'm inviting you both online, here in person, I'm inviting you into the season of Advent and to rediscover Christmas. And in the midst of all the craziness, I believe this year, Christmas is a gift to us unlike any other year. It's a gift to us to hit the pause button. It's a gift for us not to be scurrying about, and, and even with the isolation and people being asked not to travel so much and go here, go there, Worrying about all the arrangements. This is a great gift for us to stop and to think about the true meaning of that first Christmas. I believe 2020, the Christmas that we have, is a gift to us. And we've been given this opportunity to rediscover Christmas. The question is, is will we take it? Will we take it? So today what I want to do is I want to read Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 38. And I want to give you some observations about Simeon and Anna and what we can learn from them. Now, this passage is a little longer, but I want to read it anyway. It's Christmas time, right? 
Sometimes when we read the Christmas story, we love to focus in on about Mary and Joseph and about baby Jesus in the manger. We love to throw in the three kings and go, maybe go a little bit further. But you know, the Christmas story goes beyond that. The, st- the Christmas story is much more than that. And that's where this passage comes into, in, into focus, and we're going to draw on it today, because it also is a part of that first Christmas. It's also a part of, the, of rediscovering really what was going on back then that really can happen today. And so let me read these verses for you from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 38, and I'll just go through them. Then it was a time for their purification offering, as was required by the law of Moses after the birth, birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. Speaking of Mary and Joseph. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. I'm just glad those days are over because I can't stand the sight of blood. All right. In verse 25, it says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting. And notice this, he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Lord, the Spirit, led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, Now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people Israel. Verse 33. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. That's Simeon. Then Anna, a couple more verses. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Pino. Um, from the tribe of Asher, and, and, was, and she was very old. Her husband died when they, when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 80, uh, 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God, fasting and praying. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. See, in that passage, both Simeon and both Anna, they had waited many, many years believing that the promise was to come. Today I want to remind us as we rediscover Christmas that God is going to come again. And so don't give up and don't get discouraged. Don't let the things around you and the uncertainty of this uh, age or this year that we're living in Take away the hope that you have. Don't let the uncertainties and the trials and the difficulties rob you of the hope that you need to have in what Christ said he would do. 
And so this morning, I want to give you three things that I see coming from the, the life of Simeon and Anna that hopefully are helpful to you so that during this Christmas, you can have a hope in the midst of all the uncertainty. You can have a hope in spite of everything that goes on around you. So let me give you a few things that I notice from this story. Number one, hope sees beyond. Wow. How often we get caught up in the here and now. How often we get caught up in, in maybe a, a particular season we're in now with the, the pandemic. We get so caught up in that. It dominates our conversations. It dominates our, our recreation. It dominates everything. People are just always caught up in that. But true hope sees beyond just currently what's happening around us. Hope for us as people who have our faith in Christ, hope is the fuel of our faith. And if you and I lose hope in our lives, we lose fuel. We lose the, the power, the energy that we need to go on and to meet another day. And i got to be honest, I have met people today, that's exactly what's happened to them. Their fuel gauge is running on empty. It's, it's right down on E, and they just don't have the strength to go on. And so they get discouraged. They're tucked away, and, and Satan just beats them up. And today, you may be feeling that way. You may be feeling like your faith is running on empty. Maybe it's because your hope is not there. Your hope is missing. So hope, we need to be reminded, is the fuel of our faith. Hope is what fuels our dreams. Hope is what fuels our possibilities. Hope is that whisper that says, maybe, just maybe, everything's going to be okay. And even for us, hope is that spark that's in the darkness. Hope is that spark that eventually catches flame. But if you don't have that hope, then you'll never catch fire and have that flame. And so this, this morning, I want to encourage you that no matter how bad this year has been, no matter what kind of problems or struggles you're even facing right now, no matter what kind of season of darkness or pain you might be in, let me encourage you to not abandon hope. Hope is that fuel that makes it all go forward. Hope is something that can be alive even in our deepest pain in our most hopeless circumstances. Romans chapter 8 is well known by many, but there's a section in, in, in Romans chapter 8 that often gets overlooked. And the Apostle Paul, he, he starts off this section by saying, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I love that verse. I don't like being condemned, so I kind of like that verse. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's a great way to start. But then he goes on in verses 24 and 26, he says, and notice this, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in weakness. It's kind of like this morning, if I had a $100 bill, some of you are paying attention now. If I have a $100 bill, that I'm about to give to you, and I come and I give you the $100 bill. Maybe even before I come, maybe I walk around with that $100 bill, and you think, man, is he coming over to me? 
And you're going, oh, I hope he comes to me. Oh, man, I could really use 100 bucks now to buy that Christmas gift. And so, you, and so you're wondering if it's still a possibility. But once I walk over to you and give you that $100, and honey, I would give it to you first, right? Yeah. Once I give you that $100, you don't need to hope anymore, right? You already have it. You, have, you don't need to hope because you already have it. Right now, we need to remind us, it's kind of like what we need right now. Hope precedes the reality of what is to come. Hope is what needs to exist in the midst of uncertainty if we're ever going to move forward. And for some of us, during this year, we've lost our hope. But we need to begin to see beyond what simply is here and now. And begin to put our hope once again. Yes, He is coming again. Yes, the church is triumphant. Yes, we will get through this pandemic. Yes, we'll come out the other side. The same way the folks came out the other side of the Spanish flu, the same way the folks came out the other side of the Hong Kong flu, we will come out the other side. And we need to keep hope alive this Christmas. And so when I look at Simeon and I look at Anna, I discover a couple of characters that in spite of all the difficulties of the Roman Empire, remember, they lived in the time of the Roman Empire. They were under the thumb of the Romans who brutally did all kinds of things. And crucifixion obviously was a part of it. But they were brutally cast down. But in the midst of that darkness, in the midst of that brutality, there were two people named Simeon and Anna who kept the faith. Are you Simeon today? Are you Anna today? Are you keeping the faith and that your hope is still alive? The second thing I notice, it says God is with us. When we look at that story of Simeon and Anna, we realize that God is with us here, now, and always. I want to remind you this morning that with God, there is no uncertainty. Let me say that again. With God, there is no uncertainty. God knows your pain. He knows your challenges. He knows your struggles. Uh, he was not taken by surprise when the coronavirus showed up. He was not surprised when it went global. He was not surprised when the economy froze and sunk. God knows everything that goes on. He is with us, folks, here, now, and always. And we need to remind ourselves of that. I'm here to remind you this morning as your pastor that God sees you. He sees your family. He sees your home. He sees your bank account. And for some of you, he may have to look real close at your bank account, but he sees it. I'm smiling under this mask. All right. But God sees us. He's with us. He is Emmanuel. And through this hope, he wants to deliver to us. He wants to remind us that we are never far from his attention. And so today, as we look at the life of Simeon, as we look at Anna, they were constantly reminded that God was with them, that he never abandoned them. He was always there. And so I like that word Emmanuel. Some of the songs we sang this morning brought out that word Emmanuel. It was awesome in the way it came out. Emmanuel is positive because it means God's with us. Let me give you a couple of passages here that I put in your notes today as well. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but plans to give you what? Hope. 
Okay, you can talk. I, you won't scare me away. All right. God has plans to give you a hope. He doesn't have plans to be a killjoy and make your life miserable. He wants to give you a life that is abundant. He doesn't want to harm you. He wants to give you hope. Then I love Isaiah 43, 1-2. It says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will, sweep, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Man, that is great. Our God specializes in being with us. And this morning I want to encourage you, whatever you're struggling with, maybe the loneliness, maybe the isolation, maybe financial difficulties, maybe health issues, whatever it is, God is with us. And we need to go to Him and put our hope in Him and let that begin to wash over us as we go through the challenges of this year that we live in. When I read those words from Jeremiah and from Isaiah, I could kind of feel like hope is just kind of leaping off the page in every way. We're not alone. Even in our loneliest and darkest hour, we're never alone. Our God is with us every step of the way. That's awesome. The third thing I take from this, it's the last thing, is that hope inspires us to carry on. Right now, I have many of my colleagues, pastors right across North America, actually, that probably, not quite maybe every week, but almost, I hear of people that I know who've decided to quit. They can't, they can't keep um, things going. They, they find it hard to adjust to all the changes. Um, they find it hard to understand how people who were there in their church before are no longer there and don't show up. And, you know, churches were growing and now people won't even come out to, to darken the door. And there's a lot of discouragement amongst pastors and colleagues and, and things are going on. And they've lost hope. And because of that, they don't have a hope that inspires them to carry on. And so, as we think about the life of Simeon, and as we think about the life of Anna, their hope that they had in the promises of God inspired them to keep moving forward, even in the darkest hour. The Apostle Paul described the cycle of hope like this. In Romans 5, he explains that because of Jesus, he says this, We boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produce perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, notice this, this is interesting, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into, the heart, into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has, who has been given to us. When you look at that passage, it reminds us that the hope that God pours out into our lives is not going to make us feel shameful. It's not going to put us to shame. It's not going to discourage us or, or beat us down. It's the kind of hope that inspires us and lifts us up. That's why we call it the good news in troubling times. God has great news, good news, that he wants to use to rebuild your hope, to rebuild my hope. And that hope comes from God's spirit that he's put into us. And he will not let us down. And he will inspire us to carry on. He will not disappoint us. 
People around us may disappoint us. Our spouses may disappoint us. But God never disappoints us. Instead, he gives us a new and growing strength to carry on. He helps us to see beyond the pain and the confusion that's in front of us. God gives us a power to move forward. He gives us strength to carry on. It's interesting to me that during this pandemic, I don't know if you read in the news or not, but there's a great story about a gentleman who was 100 years old in England. I don't know if you read the story. Remember how he had his walker and he was going around his garden? You know, His name was Tom Moore. And Tom Moore was, today he's now Sir Tom Moore because the queen knighted him. But Sir Tom Moore, he was a 100-year-old man and he singly-handedly raised, wait for it, 40 million pounds, all right, for the British health care system by walking a hundred laps around his garden. And I, I just think that's incredible. And so in the midst of when everyone else during this pandemic is kind of going, oh no, what am I going to do? Here's Tom. I just think that's wonderful. And so he raised all this money, a pound per lap. And, and at first it was just a challenge that his son-in-law, I think it was his son-in-law who gave him, but then they posted it online. Next thing you know, it went viral, and people began to send him money all over. And of course, when they interviewed Tom, it was interesting, the interview, they, uh, when, they listened, when they asked him, they said, you know, Tom, you know, what would you say to us, and, um, and what lessons did you learn from all this? Here's what was so inspiring. He said this. The first step was the hardest. He says, after that, I got into a swing of it and kept on going. Hmm. The first step is the hardest. I just think that's so true. That is so true. The first step was the hardest. And that's true for so many things right now. Matter of fact, it'd be easier for us as a church to close our doors and just wait everything out. But you know what? We have a mission that God's called us to. We have people who want us to be that beacon of hope. And we need to be everything we can to do that. And one step at a time, one uh, miracle at a time, And if we can do that, I believe that you and I today, through our lives, we can shine the way Jesus wants us to shine. You and I can be ambassadors of hope, not by hiding, but by calling on our Savior, our Redeemer, and letting Him shepherd us and guide us and help us to move forward, to help us to be inspired to carry on, even if it takes that first step. We can do incredible things, but we've got to have hope. We've got to rediscover that hope. Hope inspires us. Hope is what emboldens us. Hope is what keeps us going no matter what. And folks, if we lose hope, we've lost the battle. So today, I want to ask you, what is your first step of hope you need to take this week or even today? What is your next step of hope that you need to take? 
during this Advent season. As we talk about rediscovering Christmas, as we talk about finding hope in the midst of all the uncertainty, what are you going to do to take that first step so that God can use you to do something incredible? I believe God wants us to do that. And so this morning during this Advent season, we can find hope in remembering that first Christmas. We can find hope in remembering that Emmanuel, God, is with us. We can find hope by reminding us that the story isn't finished yet. Jesus is coming again. He's not done. The same way Simeon and Anna, they waited faithfully. Folks, we need to be faithful as followers of Jesus Christ and not give up hope. In the midst of whatever is going on in our lives right now, God's Spirit wants to inspire us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to embolden us. He wants to give us the strength we need to face today and into tomorrow. But you've got to be willing to take that first step. What is your first step during this Christmas season to rebuild maybe hope in your own life and what God wants to do? Let's stand together and let me pray for us in closing. Our Father, this morning, I have tried to be faithful to the word that you put in front of me. And Lord, I just passionately pray that for every person here, that God, you'd help them to look beyond their circumstances. Help them, Lord, to look beyond just the here and now. And Lord, that they would see you. That you would be reminded that the same way you are faithful on that first Christmas, you are still faithful to your people today. And so God, my prayer is simple today. That as we exit this building, as we leave our homes, God, help us to be ambassadors of hope in the midst of the loneliness and the darkness around us. Lord, help us to be your light shining in the darkness. The same way that your Bethlehem candle or star shone so brightly back then, bringing hope into the world, Lord, let us shine brightly in our world today. So as we go forward, God, encourage us, love us, inspire us, and help us to never, ever give up. God, use us as you see fit today. Help us to be your servants during this very difficult time of uncertainty. And we ask that now by your name, in the name of Jesus, that is the same yesterday as it is today, as it will be tomorrow. In your name, Lord, help us to be your ambassadors of hope. In Jesus' name, amen.